Our Lord, God and Master, we thank you for another opportunity we have to hear your word. We trust you because you are our maker, our redeemer and our friend. You seek to coach us, lead us, mentor us, direct us, fill us with your spirit and use us so that we can be instruments of your glory to receive eternal reward from you. Speak through me, speak to me, speak to your people that the reading and the sharing of your word will bring insight and victory in all things. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I welcome you to this broadcast. We've been traveling through the book of Joshua. Today we are in Joshua chapter 7 and I read verse 1. Just verse 1 for now, but keep your Bible open to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 7 verse 1 reads, But the Israelites disobeyed the command about the city's riches. Achan, son of Kami, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, stole some of the riches. The Lord was furious with the Israelites. Today, we'll be looking at defeat in the land of victory. Defeat in the land of victory. What is it that can cause us to be defeated by our enemies, by flesh, by the devil in the land of victory? The simple answer is sin. And the antidote is trust and obey. Because there's no other way in Jesus but to be happy. Because there's no other way in Jesus but to trust and obey. Pause and listen to the words of this old song remixed by Don Moen. Trust and obey. After which I'll come back to you with defeat in the land of victory. Yeah, but it's with us. 
The issue is, my friend, whatever we are doing is being recorded in the book of life. And sometimes I pause to ask myself, if the next book is written, the next Bible, what is it that will be recorded about me? This one says, the Israelites disobeyed the commandment of God, and Achan, son of Kabni, stole some of the riches. What will God say about you? That you are a thief? You get angry? You are an adulterer? You are a bribe receiver? You are a criminal? Or you were washed in the blood of Jesus? What is it that will be said about you? Because part of the reason for studying the book of Joshua is that it is our story. I am assuming that you are listening to this broadcast because you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you haven't, you can, at this very moment, or any moment after this broadcast, ask him, Lord, save me and help me to walk with you. Because this book teaches us how to be victorious in life. You see, the book of Joshua shows us what happened when the children of Israel left Egypt, symbolically a land of slavery. And they were in the wilderness. They didn't know God closely. But now they've come to the promised land and things are happening in their lives. What are they supposed to do? The book of Joshua tells us one thing, that there are victories in this life and there are defeats also. There are hills and there are valleys that even as a Christian soldier, like Joshua, he was still a human being and he could fall, he could fall into sin. Joshua was a gifted and experienced leader, but he was still human and was liable to make mistakes. His experience teaches us what causes defeat and how we must handle discouragements in life. So, what caused the defeat? Interesting. Joshua had led the people in obedience to God to defeat Jericho, that mighty city. And they defeated the city not by fighting any war, but by going around six days without saying anything, and the seventh day going seventh rounds and just shouting and blowing the trumpet and God defeated that city for them. Oh, if it were you and I, just like them, it will boost our confidence in the Lord. Yes, we'll be happy that the Lord has worked miracles in our life to defeat this ancient city. It's like the victory you won over the devil, the, the, the brother that bribed you, you refused to take it, that woman tempted you, you said no, that man tempted you, you said no, that driver tempted you, you said no. As a policeman, you said no. As a soldier, you said no. As a custom officer, you said no. And you have that victory. As a prophet, you refused to be a stomach prophet. You refused. You fasted. You've prayed. And God is working signs and wonders in your life. How do you behave? And that was Joshua. He was confident that God was with him. And he had the next battle to fight. And what did he decide to do? He sent spies. Verse 2 says, Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. He said, go up 
and spied the land. So the men went up to spy. They returned and reported to Joshua, don't send the whole army. Send about two or three thousand men adequate to defeat I. Don't wear out the whole army because I or A, spell A-I, is small, is small, is small. You see, we all make mistakes, spiritual leaders alike. And this is where the first lesson comes in, or one of the big lessons comes in. Joshua's mistake wasn't sending out the spies, but in assuming that the Lord was pleased with his people and would give them victory over I. He and his officers were walking by sight and not by faith. Spiritual leaders must constantly seek the Lord's face and determine his will for each new challenge of our lives. If Joshua had just spoken to the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do this time? Because the Lord has shown him he's the commander general. What do you want me to do? The Lord surely would have told him. The Lord would have informed him that there was sin in the camp of Joshua, and Joshua had to deal with it. This would have saved the lives of 36 soldiers and spared Israel a humiliating defeat. But we don't know what was in Joshua's mind. He just decided, spies, go. The spies went and came back with a positive report, and he is a positive man. So it fed into his military experience. It fed into what the Lord had done, and he assumed that it will be the same. Oh, they say, go up and you defeat A. Why? A was a very small place. It was a hilly country about 15 miles from Jericho. And they had already defeated the mighty Jericho. Said this one, it's nothing. We will defeat them. But that's exactly where they failed. 36 of their men were killed because the spies told him, oh, it's a small place, no big deal. Just send a few, two to three thousand, and they will defeat them. And he followed him. Now, what is it that caused the defeat? And this is where we see the defeat in the land of victory. It was all caused by a disobedient soldier. When these things happened, Joshua was so brokenhearted. If you see his reaction in verses 6 to 15, and I'll just read that passage because it, it, it is just so humbling and so instructive what he did when this defeat came. Unlike many, many leaders who make excuses, he made the excuse, but he also reacted in repentance. Verse 6 says, verse 6 to 15, I read Joshua 7, 6 to 15. Joshua tore his clothes. He and the leaders of Israel lay face down on the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening and threw death on their heads. Joshua prayed, O Master, Lord, why did you bring these people across the Jordan to hand us over to the Amorites so they could destroy us? If only we had been satisfied to live on the other side of the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say now that Israel has retreated before its enemies. When the Canaanites and all who live in the land hear about this, they will turn against us and destroy the very memory of us from the earth. What will you do to protect your reputation? What will you do to protect your great reputation? 
the Lord responded to Joshua, Get up! Why are you lying there face down? Israel has sent and violated my covenantal commandment. They have taken some of the riches. They have stolen them and deceitfully put them among their own possessions. Verse 12. The Israelites are unable to stand before their enemies. They retreat because they have become subject to annihilation. I will no longer be with you unless you destroy what has contaminated you. Get up. Ritually consecrate the people and tell them this. Ritually consecrate yourselves for tomorrow because the Lord God of Israel says, You are contaminated, O Israel. You will not be able to stand before your enemies until you remove what is contaminating you. In the morning, you must approach the tribal order. The tribe the Lord selects must approach by clans. The clan the Lord selects must approach by families. And the family the Lord selects must approach by man. The one caught with the riches must be burnt up along with all who belong to him because he violated the Lord's covenant and did such a disgraceful thing in Israel. And did such a disgraceful thing in Israel. Friends, a chilling passage. Joshua's, Joshua became so discouraged. He was so remorseful that he went on the ground and was crying with his leaders, Lord, what went wrong? What went wrong? Lord, have mercy on us. What went wrong? The Ark of the Covenant was there with them. But what could have gone wrong? He did the same thing, blaming God. Oh, Lord, did you bring us out to kill us? But he also turned and said, God, look, if you defeat us like this, if you defeat us like this, the nations will laugh not only at us, but also at you. And they will destroy us. Did you bring us out here just to destroy us? He was discouraged. He was crushed. He was confused. But you know what? He was asking God for answers. Lesson. Leaders should be remorseful when it is obvious that we are facing defeat, facing difficulties that we cannot explain. We should search ourselves to see what is this, what is it that is causing all this problem. But we must also know that we are following a God who speaks, a God who sees, a God who knows. And whatever the source of that problem, that calamity is, if you go before him sincerely, he'll reveal it to us. Well, Joshua allowed his, the leaders to be on their faces until the evening sacrifice. He gave them time so that they can go over and over and repent. Then he gave them directions about what to do. There's a time to pray, but there's also a time to act. And now they must act. They must get the people ready and go and put their house in order. The sin involved was stealing from the Lord and lying about it. They stole and they lied. You see, Achan had taken the forbidden wealth, but pretended that he had obeyed the Lord. Achan had done a foolish thing. And probably the family members knew, but they all, they all just kept quiet. Just like happens in any society, some are sinning, some seed, but they kept quiet. And we all suffer for it. 
That's like corruption, like, like bribery. It's like sin that is among us. We do it. People see us do it. They see, obviously, that what you have, what people have around us, they could not have achieved those things within six months or one year or two years or being in any type of office. And yet we rejoice over them. And this is sin, 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 the highest order in our community, in our churches, in our nation, in the world, and we close our eyes on it. You see, and at the end of it, who suffers? All of us suffer because we are a community. Israel suffered. Everything God had done for his people up to this point was to no avail. They could no longer move forward. What a lesson for us today. God had given a specific order. Look, Joshua, when you defeat Jericho, take it as the first fruit of your victory. And everything in it must be sacrificed to me. Nothing. Take, do not take anything. It's a covenant thing. The first fruit. Give everything to me. Nobody should take anything from it. That was God's specific order. It's a covenant thing. Do it. Trust and obey me. And do it. And do it. And do it. Didn't some see? They can't do it. Didn't they hear it? Didn't he hear it himself? But he chose to disobey. Well, the God who knows, the God who sees, the God who hears, the God who is never blind, knows exactly who did it. But he's also a God of method and a God of order. And look at the instruction that he gave to Joshua. That should scare you and I. Or it should remind you and I and give us confidence in God that he knows you. If you're on the right path, he knows you one by one. He knows my name. He knows your name. He knows what you are doing right. He knows what you are doing wrong. He knows how to answer you. And he knows how to teach you the lessons that he wants to teach you. He gave Joshua specific instructions what he and the leaders must do. And now, huh, they, are, they no longer were about to compromise. They, had now, they now had to go back and find out why the 36 people were killed. Because the whole land was in danger. They would be defeated. They would be slaughtered. And Joshua was confused. He didn't see any clear way forward. Well, God had already told them who caused it. But he had to go and look for the people. God made it clear that it was Israel who had sinned and not just Achan alone. Why would God blame the whole nation for the disobedience of only one soldier? Because Israel was one people in the Lord, not just an assorted collection of tribes, clans, families, and individuals. Friends, like I said, that is the mistake we make. God dwelt in the midst of the people. He made them a special people. As a church, he made us a special people. As a nation, he made us a special people. We are one before the Lord. And therefore, when we seek to be united in him, we can achieve a lot. But when we are divided or we allow divisions, we allow destroyers, we allow cheats, we allow liars in our midst, and we close our eyes, we will be defeated. Why will God blame the whole nation? He blamed them because they were one people. God dwelt in their midst. God walked in their camp. Therefore, the camp must be kept holy. Anyone who disobeyed God defiled the whole relationship with God. Anyone, therefore, who caused 
Today, God's people are one in the body of Christ. We belong to each other. We need each other. We affect each other. As he said clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, it says, For as one body has many parts, and all the parts of the body are many, but they are just one body. God wants us to see that we are one. And for any weakness in the body you see it, any infection in one part of the human body contributes to weakness and infection. And I mean, your whole body will be sick. Let the pin prick your toe. If you don't take time, your whole body will be feverish because there's one thing that is wrong. A pin pricked you. Well, this sin was caused by Achan. Achan had his commander give the order that the spoils of Jericho must be devoted to the Lord and were to go into the treasury. Well, but he did what we normally do and what we continue to do, how we obey the devil and get into sin. And this is the sin. Achan disobeyed and took the hazardous step that led to sin and death. He will tell you, he saw, he coveted, and he took. The same thing Eve did when she listened to the devil. The same thing David did when he yielded to the flesh. And Achan took the things that led to the death of not only Achan, but his whole family. Let us see the four types of things that Achan did, so that we may watch out and watch out and be on our guard. Achan's first mistake was to look at the spoils a second time. He saw gold, he saw silver, beautiful things, and he liked them. He saw them. They were nice. Looking at it the first time, they were just in front of him. So, as I jokingly say, the eye has no gates. Unless, excuse me to say, you are visually impaired, you see things. So you see beautiful men, see beautiful women, you see a beautiful car, or you hear beautiful things, you hear all kinds of things. The first time. <laughs> but what do you do? He probably couldn't help seeing it the first time, but he looked again and again and again. A person's first glance at the opposite sex will say to him, Ah, he's attractive. She's attractive. That's a nice car. That's a nice house. But it's the second glance and the imagination that goes on and on and on that leads to sin. As Jesus said, if you look at a man, if you look at a woman lustfully, and you continue looking, you have caused sin in your life already. If you keep God's word before our eyes, we turn and say, I will not go there. They didn't belong to Achan. Why did he keep looking and looking? So, the second thing he did was to reclassify those and call them spoils. They have to be covenant given to God by calling them spoils. Ah, these things are going to be spoiled. These things are going to be destroyed. These things are, I mean, what is it? They were not spoils. They were to be part of God's treasury, wholly dedicated to him. They didn't belong to Achan, not even to Israel. They belonged to God. When God identifies something in a special way, we are not to keep it. We are to give it to him. That's how people rewrite the Bible. They take God's tithe, God's offering, God's word, and play around with it. Church belongs to God, we play with it. A nation belongs to God, 
we play with it. And the Bible says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, those who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. If God says something is wrong, it is wrong. If he says that, don't debate with him. Third thing, Achan's mistake was to covet. He saw it. He was enticed by his own desires. And he was wondering, I can become a tycoon. I can become a rich man. Instead of singing the praises to God and thanking God and collecting these things and taking to the treasury, Achan was imagining his heart how to be his own treasure, how he'll become rich, he'll become prosperous, and everybody will call him Nanao, Tokbio, Chief Ogboro. And as we enjoy those things, you begin to imagine and begin to build castles in the air. Temptation, watch out. That is how we experience defeat, even as believers, even as Christians. His fourth mistake was to think that he could get away with the sin by hiding his loot. Adam and Eve tried the same thing. They tried to run from God. How foolish it was for Achan to think that God would not see him. He took all these things, went to his tent and dug a hole and put them there. It's terrible. Are you hiding something? Will you confess to God and say, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Achan's sin becomes even more, more, more sinister when you stop to realize that God had just saved them. God had cared for him and his family in the wilderness and brought them this far. It is his grace that had caused them to cross over the Jordan and come this far. They've seen the hand of God through the circumcision, through the Passover, through everything, through the victory in Jericho. God has been with him. What else wouldn't God do for them? Friend, what else wouldn't God do for you and I? Achan disobeyed God just to possess some wealth that he could not even enjoy. If he had just waited, you see that the land of milk and honey will become his. What a lesson for you and I. What happened? It led to his death and the death of his family. Friend, Jesus has said, the enemy, the thief, Satan, comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. You want that abundant life? Have you given your life to him? The Lord become my savior. Do you want that abundant life? Today, as you hear his word, can you rededicate your life to him? That you are his, but you are experiencing some defeats because you are not following him in obedience, in worshiping him, in giving your tithes and offering to him, in witnessing his glory, in staying away from sin, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Yes, the Lord can take you through this world of victory. Just pause and reflect this song and pray prayers of commitment and rededication to him. And he continue to bless you and use you, that you continue to experience the victory. Humble yourself if you are Joshua, have sinned. If you are like Achan, have stolen things, 
and the Lord has spoken to you about it, return them. Yes, if you have wronged him, wrong your neighbor, ask for forgiveness. What is God asking you to do? There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. The Lord help us now and forevermore. Amen.